Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around, a watch she can wear every day from Movement. Whether your mom is into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, Movement has something she'll love. And right now, everything at Movement is up to 50% off site-wide during their Mother's Day sale. A watch is a gift that celebrates all the time you spent with mom. And a Movement watch is even more than that. Movement uses industry-leading materials for their fresh modern watch designs, from technically complex ceramics to vintage-inspired style, all for an incredible value your wrist and wallet will both love. And with one-size-fits-all convenience and fast-free shipping and returns, it's a stress-free shopping experience. Save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with Movement. Get up to 50% off site-wide during their Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com. Welcome to Nobody Told Me. I'm Laura Owens. And I'm Jan Black. Our topic on this episode is gratitude and the powerful impact it can have on our lives. Joining us once again is best-selling author Amy Newmark. Amy is the editor-in-chief and publisher of the Chicken Soup for the Soul series for the past 14 years. Amy has edited nearly 200 books in the series, many of which touch on the subject of gratitude. The latest book on that topic is called Chicken Soup for the Soul, Attitude of Gratitude, 101 Stories About Counting Your Blessings and the Power of Thankfulness. Amy, we thank you so much for joining us again. Well, thank you for having me on. I'm really excited that we're talking about this during this month of Thanksgiving. Yeah, and I'm I'm wondering, um, why is gratitude a topic that you've returned to over and over in the Chicken Soup for the Soul series? It's 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 involved in so many different uh, books in the series. Yeah, you know, I don't think I really knew this before I started doing this job, but I became editor in chief of Chicken Soup for the Soul in 2008, and through this job, I have been exposed to tens of thousands of people's, you know, personal, very revealing, introspective stories where they really talk about what works and what doesn't work in their lives. And I've become aware of the fact that you cannot be happy unless you know how to count your your blessings and use the power of gratitude. It's really become so obvious to me that if you aren't able to focus on what you have in your life going to end up thinking about what you lack. And it just seems like gratitude is the number one key to happiness and contentment and joy. And so that's why we keep talking about it, not only in our Attitude of Gratitude book, and we have another book called The Power of Gratitude, and then we have another book called Count Your Blessings, but in all our books, you're so right. We just keep returning to that theme of gratitude. In Jennifer Quasha's The Happy Book, she writes about a different sort of end of the day ritual, a journaling ritual that's different than people like me have who do a gratitude journal. And I know that's a more common practice. Talk to us about hers and do you do either of those? So first of all, I don't keep a gratitude list. And and here's why. And and science has actually established this fact that about half of us are born 
with this natural attitude of gratitude where we always see the blessings in our lives. If something bad happens, our first thought is, hmm, I wonder what the silver lining will be. So half of us have that and half of us do not. So it's very normal not to have that and to be more focused on the negatives in your life. But the cool thing about gratitude is it's one of the few character traits that you can actually add on. I mean, there aren't many things you can do to change yourself, right? You're kind of fully baked by the time you're a little kid. But gratitude is one of those habits that you can learn. And it's just such a powerful change agent. So I don't keep a gratitude list. My husband and I tried once and we just kept writing down the same stuff every day. And then we just decided we didn't need it anymore. But we get, oh my gosh, hundreds of stories every year. I know I've read thousands of stories from people who have found some way to do a gratitude practice. And they really do vary. Some people write down 10 things a day they're grateful for. Some people do some, you know, do way less than that. So what Jennifer Quasha did, and it just shows how effective this can be, even on a small scale, is she realized that she was just a naturally negative person. And her whole family was like that. She says she comes from this family of basically probably diagnosably, you know, clinically depressed people. And when she had kids, she said, you know, I got to stop this. I've got to stop being this way. Because sometimes it was legitimate. A lot of bad things happened to her. But then other times, you know, she was completely ignoring the blessings in her life. And so she had one of those little date books that you get that just has a little square for each day. So she decided she would just write down one good thing that happened each day. So she started doing that each night. And it could be something really simple, like um, she picked the right line at the bank or her husband came home from work early. And then she found that, of course, she wrote down a different thing each day. And she found that it changed her focus all day long because all day long she was thinking, oh, what am I going to write in my little date book? And very, very quickly, it changed her attitude. And I know her. She's a friend of mine. And she is the most positive person. And she even now runs a, a personal coaching service to help other people, you know, make their lives better. So this one little practice changed everything for her. And there are so many different ways that you can do it. You you keep a gratitude list. Some people scrawl, you know, a note on a scrap of paper and throw it in a jar or a box. There's you, you just can pick whatever works for you as your method of creating a gratitude practice. And I, I know Jennifer's story is told in the Chicken Soup for the Soul series book called Your 10 Keys to Happiness, which came out earlier this year. What are some of the other gratitude stories that you've shared in the Chicken Soup for the Soul books over the years that you'd like to share with us now? So we have another one. Um and this is about gratitude practice also. Um, and this was a very different approach. So we have a story from Allison Herman Craigie. So Allison had a really nice life for a while. She got divorced and she was raising her two children by herself, but then she got remarried and she had this dream life. It was filled with vacations and private schools and household help. And she lived in a beautiful home and she had a wonderful husband. And then 
everything went wrong, like overnight. Her father died and then her mother was undergoing chemo for what would be a terminal cancer. And then her husband left her and filed for divorce. And then her favorite aunt died and her favorite uncle died. And so just everything went wrong. And all of a sudden she lost her job as well. And she moved and her kids had special needs. So that made the burden even harder. But then after a struggle, she and her kids realized that they were coming out, you know, the other side, coming up from this valley that they had been in. And they started talking about all the people who had helped them during their darkest times. And they wondered if those people even knew how much their support had meant to this little family. And so they decided to have a gratitude party and invite everyone who had been important to them. And so they started doing it annually. And one year they wrote little poems for each person about what they did. And each year they found a different way to express their thanks at this gratitude party. But what it did was it caused them to focus all year long on who were they going to invite to the party. And so that's what these gratitude lists do in general. I mean, that was a protracted one, right? It was a list that was created over a whole year. Then you have somebody like Jennifer Quasha who you know writes one thing a night. We had a story from Eva Turek who wrote down 10 things every day. Um, whatever your practice is, gets you to focus on what's good in your life, what you have in your life instead of what you lack. And so that's what's so important about these different practices. We're glad you're part of our Nobody Told Me family of listeners. And we're excited to tell you about Lomi, the world's first smart waste appliance. If you've struggled with composting and feel it's too much work or feel bad that you're not doing your part to help the environment, you have to check out Lomi. Lomi is a countertop electric composter, and I love it because I don't have a traditional garbage disposal. With Lomi, I don't need to take a lot of trips to the garbage with food waste. I just turn food scraps into dirt with the push of a button, and in just a minute, we'll tell you about a special offer from Lomi for our Nobody Told Me listeners. I love my Lomi because just about anything I'd put in the kitchen disposer can be put into the Lomi on my countertop and turned into dirt in four hours. There's no smell when it runs and it's really quiet. Since I got my Lomi, I throw out way less garbage. Me too. And you know, I think it's cut down my kitchen garbage by at least a half. That means it's not going to landfills and producing methane. Instead, my Lomi turns my food waste into nutrient-rich dirt that I can feed to my plants. It is so cool to see. I feel great knowing that I'm composting and creating soil instead of garbage. I have a basically limitless supply of dirt now for my garden, and Lomi is so easy to use. While you may want to get a Lomi for yourself, you may also want to get one for someone on your holiday list. This is a great gift that will help someone year-round. If you want to start making a positive environmental impact or just make cleanup after dinner that much easier, Lomi is perfect for you. Head to Lomi.com NTM and use the promo code NTM to get $50 off your Lomi. That's $50 off when you head to Lomi.com slash NTM. And again, that's Lomi spelled L-O-M-I. Use promo code NTM at checkout. 
food waste is gross. Lomi is your solution. With the holidays just around the corner, Lomi will make the perfect gift for someone on your shopping list. Just head to Lomi.com slash NTM and use the promo code NTM to get $50 off your Lomi. I love Jennifer Reed's story, The Blessing Box, which offered a great idea for empty nesters as she was, or people dealing with any sort of sadness, really. Uh, So what is a blessing box? I'm going to do this myself. Yeah, this was a great one. And I totally got it because I have grown children and I look forward so much to them coming and then I dread them leaving, you know? And so Jennifer had that. She had her kids come to her for Christmas and then she found herself dreading the fact that they would be gone in a few days. But her daughter and her daughter's boyfriend made her this beautiful wood box and gave it to her for Christmas. And it was called a blessings box. And her daughter explained, you write down things you are thankful for and you put them in the box. And then you read them later when you're feeling down and you need to remind yourself of all the good things in your life. And so while her kids were there, Jennifer wrote down a different blessing each night. And she wrote about her house and her job and her good health and her parents, you know, everything that she was thankful for. And then the kids left and then she got really sad. And then all of a sudden she spied that box sitting under a pile of books and she pulled it out and she started reading the notes that she had written to herself. herself. And then she started writing down more blessings and putting them in the box And she said it really gave her a new outlook on life and even taught her to embrace the quiet times in her big empty nester house. So I thought that was really good. And, you know, you can do it in a jar. Like we have a story from Sarah Budka Ammerman, and she put everything in a jar and then opened it once a year. Wow. Well, I'm wondering also about the grocery store story that was in the power of gratitude book in the chicken soup for the soul series in uh, 2016 about a frazzled woman shopping on the eve of Thanksgiving. Oh, I love that. Oh my one God. Too. <laughs> Tell I us know, more about that. I so identified with that. Cause I remember one year I went to whole foods and I went at their opening time, you know, the day before Thanksgiving. So I got there at like eight, which is when they opened but I guess everybody else knew what I didn't know that was that they were going to open early the day before Thanksgiving. And so when I got there, the store was already packed with all these women pushing carts around and looking like really stressed and everybody was moving <laughs> fast and, and intense. And it was, it was scary. I, it was kind of like roller derby or something. And it was like those right. carts were weaponized, you know? Yeah. And then the line was super long. And so Susan had this experience with Thanksgiving coming. Yeah, this is this is a super reminder. I'm so glad you brought up the story. So Susan went to the store and she had her full cart and she was stressed because she had her in-laws coming and she wanted everything to be perfect. And she still had to get home and get everything ready and bake pies and do all this stuff to get ready for Thanksgiving the next day. And she was number 11 in line, you know, at the checkout aisle that she chose. 
Mm. And you know, that had to be like 11 really, really full carts. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, we've all been there yeah, <laughs> I mean, shopping take, for 10 people. <laughs> yeah. They take so long. By the time you get to the front, if you got ice cream, it's already. <laughs> <laughs> so she was just standing there in the line, kind of fuming and, you know, feeling the pressure. And then these two ladies in front of her started talking. And one of them was talking about some country. Um, Susan didn't hear what country it was, but saying, you know, the people there, when they shop for food, they only can afford the amount of food that you could carry in your hands. She started thinking about that. She thought, my God, we all have, you know, these full carts. And, And the ladies in front of her were saying that these people would spend a whole week's wages buying food and all they would get was what they could carry in their hands. And she thought, wow, I'm buying this humongously full cart of food for Thanksgiving. And this isn't even a noticeable amount of my weekly salary. And then she thought about how full the store was with food and how this food was, you know, trucked in or even flown in from all over the world and how there were these carts for everybody because everybody was buying so much food and how they were going to wheel their carts out to their cars and they had cars to take home their food and there were employees everywhere to help them. And she started realizing like how grateful she could be for being in this position. And it completely changed her attitude while she was waiting and she became less stressed and she started focusing on how grateful she was for what she had instead of being stressed about the fact that she still had so much work to do. And, you know, a corollary to that story is when we all get stressed about how much we have to do for Thanksgiving or Christmas or Hanukkah or any of the holidays coming up, we forget that the reason that we have so much to do is because we have all these people coming who we love and who we want to see. And we're so excited about seeing them. So this is, this should be a good kind of stress an excited kind of stress. Like I have to bake three pies because the most important people in my life are coming here tomorrow. You know, we should be turning it around, flipping it to a wonderful thing, not a stressful pressure filled thing. Yeah. And I I think that we all became more grateful for that during the pandemic, but something I love that, that Kathy Dickey wrote about in keeping in touch was about how she was grateful for technology because it enabled her to FaceTime with her grandchildren. And so I was really curious if you got a lot of submissions about people who felt closer to their loved ones because of this, because I feel like we just heard, we hear so many bad things now about, oh, people are sick of FaceTime, people are sick Uh of Zoom. But like, I would have given anything to be able to FaceTime with my grandmother and kind of show her, you know, what was going on in my life. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, we, we, we got so many stories during the pandemic about how technology made it bearable for people. And it's going to continue because now people are in the habit. And so, yeah, I, we did feature a story from Kathy Dickey about that because they were so grateful that they could keep up with their granddaughters during um, COVID, you know, using FaceTime. And even when they could finally visit their kids, you know, when they were allowed to be in the same room again, they kept in touch through FaceTime during their long drive to visit their granddaughters. And then, you know, afterwards they kept in touch. And and she says in her story, she says, this technology 
has redefined distance and geography and made it easier for us to stay in touch with our entire family anywhere in the world. It has allowed my husband and me to watch our granddaughters grow up. And she talks about how she gets to see her daughter's home in Calgary. And she also has a son in Thailand. And remember like, oh my gosh, I remember like when my son went to Spain for semester abroad, and this was before any of these technologies, it was so awful. I mean, calling him on a cell phone costs like a dollar a minute because that's how they did the charges for cell phone calls to foreign countries. And, uh, and things are just so different now when people's kids go for study abroad, they're in their, they're in touch with their kids, you know, as much as their kids will allow, you know, maybe even daily. But I've noticed like in how we run chicken soup for the soul, I'm so grateful for technology. Now, every time we put out a new book, we have a Zoom party with the contributors to the book where everybody gets together on Zoom. That is so fun. Oh my oh, God. It's, it's yeah. so great because it makes it makes everybody into a community. Everybody gets on. They tell their stories. Everybody gets to see what everyone else looks like. It is so much fun and it's free. You know, and it's easy and people can just sit at home and do it. No masks, no worry about germs, you know, and it's, it's just the best. I mean, we have embraced technology so much at Chicken Soup and Soul. And in my family, like my grandkids will just say they want to see us. And so up will pop the FaceTime and there they are saying hello. Or like my husband and I had our wedding anniversary the other day and our five-year-old granddaughter sent us a video and then we sent her a video back from where we were. It's, it's wonderful, isn't it? it? It's just changed everybody's lives and it's made families so much closer. We thank you for being part of our Nobody Told Me family of listeners. And we want to take a minute to talk about Hover, one of our sponsors. That's Hover, spelled H-O-V-E-R. Have you ever thought about starting your own business or creating a brand, sharing your wealth of knowledge with the world, using your years of experience to create something for yourself? Hover wants to help you take the first step in getting your ideas off the ground. If you have a brand that you've always dreamt of building or a business you want to take online, the first step is finding your domain name. Hover makes this super simple with a clear and straightforward user experience, easy to use tools, and truly amazing support from friendly humans. It's never too late to step up to the plate and share what you have to offer. Getting online has helped thousands of people around the world reach new heights with their businesses. In addition to the classics like .com, you can get extensions like .shop, .tech, and .art with over 400 more to choose from. You'll be able to find the perfect domain name for your business, one that's memorable, relevant, and boosts your brand. You can buy a domain, set up custom email boxes, and point it to your website in just a few clicks. If you ever run into trouble, help is just a phone call or chat away. Secure, simple, and reliable. Hover is a trusted and popular choice amongst millions of people launching any kind of brand or business. If you're ready to get your idea off the ground with the perfect domain name, head to hover.com slash nobody to get 10% off your first Hover purchase. 
purchase. Maybe you want to buy a domain name for someone as a gift for the holidays. You may even want to secure your child's name as a domain name for privacy purposes. Again, that's hover.com slash nobody to get 10% off your first Hover purchase. That's hover, spelled H-O-V-E-R dot com slash nobody for 10% off your first purchase. Amy, I'm wondering, since you've read so many stories, I mean, thousands and thousands of stories about gratitude from Chicken Soup for the Soul contributors and would-be contributors, I'm wondering what thoughts you have for people who are feeling like they don't have a lot to be grateful for. Maybe they have lost family members or, you know, for whatever reason, they're they're lonely or they've lost, lost a job. job. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I was thinking with the pandemic, so many people are... are in are different thinking, circumstances. Or, you know, they're also thinking too, oh, hey, I went and I took a chance on my dream and it's really failed and now I can't get my old job back. What do I have to be grateful for? Yeah. So so what about for those people who who maybe don't have a lot of people coming for the holidays and, and are really feeling down? So one thing that, that I've seen a lot is that whatever bad thing is going on in people's lives, they also have plenty of offsetting good things. If they just focus on them, for example, they might have lost their job and they're worried about paying their mortgage, but then they realize, but wait, I have my health and my health insurance was COBRA. So I'm okay on that. Like there's always some big major thing that you still have. That's great. And you just have to actually focus. And that's why writing down a gratitude list or writing down blessings and throwing them in a jar, whatever it is really helps because I think you'd be hard pressed to find somebody who has everything wrong in their lives. Yeah. And we put out a bunch of books about tough times. We put out one called tough times, tough people. We put out another one called, I think it was like tough times won't last, but tough people will. And then through all of our positive thinking books, we're constantly having people say, you know, I was living in my car. I lost my job. I was lost my house. I was living in my car with my family. And we got so close as a result. And we actually really enjoyed spending time with each other. And then a year later, things got better. And we we got a trailer home and we started getting back on our feet again. And when I look back on it, I see so many blessings that occurred during that time. I mean, we get stories all the time from people who have been through hell and have still retained that grateful attitude and are still aware of the good things that are in their lives that they can use to offset the bad things because we all have stuff. I mean, I have incurable cancer. That is not a good thing. And I am happy anyway, because of all the other offsetting good things in my life. Like we all have the good things. You just have to actually pay attention to them. We had a story. um, This was another Thanksgiving story from a guy named Scott Kaufman who was really depressed and down on himself and just felt like a failure. And he was probably clinically depressed. He, he would base, he'd basically always been discontented with his life and he was always comparing it to other people's and everybody else appeared to be more successful than he was. And then he went to this church that had an evening service on the Sunday before Thanksgiving. And they gave out in the program um, an empty list, you know, like a hundred lines to draw on, numbered one through 100. And they said, write down everything that you're grateful for. 
So he started doing it and he was amazed. He actually wrote down 100 things in four minutes. And then after that, he started reading those 100 items to himself every day. And his perspective changed so much. And he realized that he had plenty of talents and hobbies and passions and faith and people who had a great impact on him and so much more in his life. And it just caused him to change his focus. It's a matter of just tweaking it. You know, there's a very popular word now in business about pivoting, which Mm -hmm. kind of drives me crazy because everybody overuses this word, but it actually is a legitimate strategy where you could say, okay, I'm looking in this direction. Let me just pivot a little. Let me just turn a little to my right and look at things a little differently. It really does work. You know, Amy, I'm wondering how important you think it is to express gratitude to others, to not just feel it within ourselves and think, well, I'm really, you know, thankful for my family and all this or or, and my friends or whatever it might be, but to actually express it to those we care about or those who are helping us. So I have worked with um, a really good psychologist named Mike Dow, who did a book with us um, about uh, using um, cognitive, um, what is that called? Cognitive behavioral therapy. Oh, yeah. Um, Yeah. 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 So he said exactly what you just said. Um, He said, it's fine to be grateful, but if you don't actually say it, if you don't express your thanks, then it doesn't work as well. So he said, yeah, he said, go to somebody and say, I am so grateful for you because of that day that you helped me when my car broke down. I'm so grateful for that health insurance I have that did such and such for me. But yes, he said, you, you need to say you're grateful for something and then say why. And another really cool idea, and this is for people who are religious, and it's, it's basically the same idea of saying why you're grateful and really expressing it. Um, this, we had a story from Jane McBride, and she realized that when she prayed, she was always just asking God for stuff. All her prayers were about, you know, please help me do this and that. And instead, she decided that she would only thank God for stuff while she prayed. And so she decided that she was going to do that for, you know, some period of time. And so she started off small, like she thanked God for a sunny day and for the flowers outside her window. But then as she continued this practice, she became more and more aware of all the blessings in her life. And she found that she actually became happier. So that's another way to do a gratitude practice and to actually express your thanks and why. So I'm glad you brought that up because this whole strategy of saying why you're thankful for something really does help to embed it more as a habit. I'm so glad you mentioned that one because her story was actually one of my favorites. I thought that was so great about only thanking God. Um, Amy, we've asked you this question before, but we're going to ask it again in a little different way. (laughs) Um, We want to know your nobody told me lesson. So what did nobody tell you about gratitude that you didn't know until you were reviewing submissions for the latest chicken soup book on the subject, 
that you think would be really beneficial to our listeners who might be struggling right now? Wow. What did nobody tell me? I have to think about that. Um, hmm. I guess the whole idea of saying why, what we just talked about, that you can't just list it. You have to be more specific. Like you have to say, um, not just I'm thankful that I live in a house, but I'm thankful that I live in a house because it gives me a place to work and relax and be with my family and host my friends. And so this whole thing about expanding your gratitude practice to add the why to everything really helps to cement it in. And and that's what you need to do because you need to change yourself so that you become a naturally grateful person. And And that's another thing that I don't think I really understood as much until recently that you could really make this such a regular habit that your mind instantly defaults to, hmm, I wonder what the silver lining will be. And that's a great way to go through life. Yeah. And I know you've said grateful people are more fun. Well, you know, scientific studies have proven that, that grateful people have better relationships at work and in their personal lives. And and why? Because everybody would prefer to be with a grateful person. Nobody wants to be with a complainer. Nobody wants to be with somebody who goes, oh, it's raining. Everybody would rather be with somebody who says, oh, I'm so glad it's raining because, you know, I know that we've been having a drought. So this is great news. So, yeah. Like, yeah. Well, like you say, gratitude's contagious. So it is. Yeah, it so is. Spread and, it. Yeah, it's definitely contagious and you can use it on your own friends and family members to turn them into more grateful people who you are happier to spend time with. I love that. And Amy, how can people submit a story to Chicken Soup and how can people connect with you? So I have a website, amynewmark.com. You can also go to chickensoup.com, which is our company website. And there you can click on submit your story and then you'll see what we're working on right now. And I do plan to add some more topics in the next month or so. I think there's only maybe four topics on the website right now, but they're pretty good general topics. Like one of them is um, stepping outside your comfort zone. One of them is positive thinking. So they're pretty much all purpose topics. Um, but there's going to be more topics added. So just keep checking back every month to see what else we're working on. And then you can always ask questions. If you have specific questions for us, you can ask our webmaster. And that's just webmaster at chickensoupandsoul.com. Well, Amy, we are grateful that you have joined us again. We've we've so enjoyed talking with you these last uh, couple of episodes that you've been on with us. And we certainly wish you the best of luck as far as your your cancer is concerned. Well, thank you. It's under control right now. So that's the good news. I'm on a very powerful oral chemo that's working very well for me. Okay. Well, we're, we're, we're grateful to hear yeah, that. We, we are grateful to hear that. Again, well, our thanks th- for having me on. It was really a pleasure. I'm so glad that we were able to do this, you know, during this Thanksgiving time. Yeah, we are are just thrilled that you could join us. Again, our thanks to Amy Newmark, the editor-in-chief and publisher of the Chicken Soup for the Soul series. Again, Amy's website is amynewmark.com. And if you'd like to share your story or poem with millions of people around the world, go to chickensoup.com and click on Submit Your Story. I'm Jan Black. And I'm Laura Owens. You're listening to Nobody Told Me. 
Thank you so much for joining us.